Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Feeling overwhelmed with all you've got to do on your to-do list? Are you feeling that you're not prioritizing the most important people in your life, including yourself? Well, today on episode 29 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, I'm going to do a solo episode on this concept of time management, making it work for you, getting those priorities done that you really want to get done every day. Well, maybe not every day, but it's more than you're getting it done now. So I hope you're ready to grow forward. Welcome, friends. This is a topic that I love, time management. In fact, I get invited on many other people's podcasts and they want to talk about this very thing. For a while, I was even labeling myself or trying to brand myself as the calendar coach, which is, you know, sort of catchy, right? Uh, A lot of people don't want to buy time management because, you know, it's self-discipline when it comes right down to it. So there might not be something to buy there, but they do want to talk about the little tips and tricks to try to get more done in the average day. Well, you know, I work with lots of people, a lot lot of clients, and, you know, I've got a few that have like 7,000 emails undealt with in their inbox, right? There's just no way they can ever dig out of that. I work with clients who they react to life at work every day by just putting out fires all day long, and they don't stick to a plan, and they feel exhausted and burned out. I work with clients who say yes to everything without thinking and running it through a filter, I work with clients who procrastinate their top priorities from one day to the next. Maybe you can relate to just one of those scenarios, but basically what all my coaching clients have in common is something in their life needs better time management and a plan to do something differently. Because as you know, nothing changes, nothing changes. So I've been studying this topic for over 20 years now, And I really believe, I don't have any stats on this, but I really believe that if you implement the principles I talked to you about today, you will increase your productivity by like 25%. It's that dramatic. It was for me many, many years ago, and it is for my clients who implement these principles. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to give you as many of these intentional, effective time management principles so you can say, I am an effective time manager by the time you have these implemented, which of course is gonna take some time, right? So let's start today with two questions. What are the challenges that you have with your time these days? What do you struggle with? Just take a moment, think about that. What do I struggle with when it comes to time management? The second question I wanna throw at you is, what do you wish you had more time for? If you had more time or you used it more wisely, what would you use it for? The reason I start with these two questions is really it's the big why for continuing to listen to this podcast today, this episode, uh, and it's really your big why for life itself and why you must get your time management under control. Now, like I said, I've been studying this for a while, and I'm a sort of OCD when it comes to time management, so it makes me excited to be here sharing with you about this. I've got my calendar color-coded. I've got it uh, you know, split into 15-minute increments instead of hour-long. Uh, I don't use a to-do list on a legal pad like most people do. 
All my tasks have been made into appointments with myself. And you know, I can be a little over the top when I do clock hands in the air, like, okay, so if I leave it this time, uh, then, I, then I sort of move my hand down to the side to the 15 minute, then we'll get there at this time. And then we have to leave it this time. And my wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just, just planning out uh, how we're going to make it to this thing on time. And she just laughs at me. Uh, I also know I'm in trouble when I don't swivel my chair to face an interrupting person because, you know, that's going to throw me off track from productivity, you know, bad leader uh, when I do that because people are always more important than tasks. Well, let me start with a quote. Activity doesn't necessarily mean productivity. What does that mean to you? Activity doesn't necessarily mean productivity. Uh, when I think about that quote, I think of sort of the hamster on the wheel, right? Just running, 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 but it's not really going anywhere. Or you on a treadmill, yes, you're burning calories, which is fantastic, uh, but you don't, you don't want your life to be a treadmill where you're not going anywhere or making any impact. So most of us can get to the end of a day and go, we were busy all day yet again, but what did we bring to the finish line? What did we actually get crossed off our list? And when we don't have enough of those wins, we get discouraged and we don't have that restful peace of mind at the end of a day or at the end of a week thinking that was a really productive week and I got my priorities addressed. And now most of us have to do more with less possibly in your job. Now they didn't rehire when somebody left. And so now you have to do two jobs and they're not going to rehire for that position. Or for some reason, your, your other, your team has shrunk in another reason for another reason. You can't, you're not going to hire for that. So you have to learn to do two jobs. So time management is even more important. You know, poking fun at this, there's a comedian named Tim Hawkins. You'll have to look him up. Tim Hawkins. He's pretty funny. And he said, they're, they're playing with the idea of Taco Bell express and he's like, does that even need a punchline? I mean, what are they going to do? Put a cannon in the drive-thru and shoot the taco into your mouth as you go by to save you another few seconds? And it, it is sort of ludicrous to think about, right? That we want it even faster than, we want life to go even faster than it is right now. When actually we could just manage it better uh, because, you know, lack of time is really not the problem, is it? Time is an equal opportunity employer. Uh, we all have the same 24 hours a day. Actually, uh, when, I, when I do these talks, I probably should call it priority management or energy management, not time management. But, you know, time management is the buzzword that makes people go, oh, yeah, I need that. So, of course, that's what uh, books the talk or wants, you know, wants me on their podcast to talk about. But really, it's more about priority and energy management because we all make time for what we want to. Let's be honest. What we believe is important to you and me, we make time for. If we really want to watch the newest episode of Survivor, uh, then we're going to make sure we're either there when it's you know going live or we're going to record it and we're going to carve out some time to watch that episode. If we really care about watching our kids or our grandkids in their soccer or ballet, we're going to move heaven and earth to leave work on time to see our kids or grandkids play their sport. So the issue is not a lack of time, it's a lack of direction or intentionality. The wave of busyness as a leader, as an entrepreneur could dictate every moment of your work life if you aren't intentional about where you dedicate your limited time. Now sure, yes, I know, there's crises to deal with, there are unexpected time drains that you weren't expecting when your day began today. One author calls it the whirlwind, you know, that comes at you that you weren't ready for but you do have control over your calendar for the most part. 
So I want to give you as many things as I can today to be an intentional, effective time manager. And as I go through, through these tips, assume the attitude that every minute that doesn't work for you is actually working against you. So that's how serious we have to make this issue. All right, so let's dive into my first uh, tip for you. And a lot of people want to skip over this one because it's like, oh, you know, that's sort of an umbrella kind of principle. Let's get to the tips and tricks. But I don't want to skip over this one because it's really the foundation for bettering your time management. And that is determine your most important priorities overall. Determine your most important priorities overall because you're going to manage your time around your values and your vision, your values and your vision. And if you uh, work within an organization, it's oftentimes your organization's values. And uh, if you have a boss, it's oftentimes your supervisor's most important priorities and their values. But managing your time around your values and vision is the bedrock to living a fulfilled life. If you lead in congruence with who you are, which are your values, which are your strengths, your personality style, your chronotype, um, your disc profile, all those things. And if you live in congruence with what your priorities are, you're going to enjoy your job so much more and you're going to stay in it for the long haul. But if you live in dissonance with your values, dissonance is that musical term that's like, ah, uh, and then, uh, I mean, you couldn't listen to a song that was just a little bit flat or a little bit sharp the whole song, right? That's the same if we say we've got a value and we don't live it. That's going to drain the life out of you. And it's going to shorten your life expectancy in your current position. For instance, you know, if you say family is one of my top values, but as soon as you leave work and you come home, you say hi to your family, and you pop open your laptop and you work all night and you ignore your family. That would be dissonance because you're saying one thing, this is my value, but you're not living that each and every night. And so you just feel a little bit off or, you know, at work, maybe you say excellence is one of your values but you know you're just dialing it in every day and you're not making it your best quality work. And so you're living in dissonance and everything you turn in or submit, you know, it's just like, ah, I, I know that wasn't, that wasn't my best, my best work. And you feel a little off. So an exercise you could do, and I'd be happy to send you a sheet of these. It's a, a sheet of core values. And what you do is you go through this list of you know, 50 or more core values. And you say, which ones of these are very, very important to me in my life? And you circle all those. Then you start ranking them, which gets very difficult. You rank them down to your top 10 and then to your top five and sometimes even the top three. When I do this in a seminar, people are like throwing stuff at me. They're groaning so loud, like stop it. I don't want to throw these other values out. Well, you're not, but we're just trying to get you down to your most important values. The ones like you couldn't be in a relationship if that person didn't value those values. You couldn't be at a job where they were always in contradiction. And boy, it's a great exercise that really makes you think. And then you post those somewhere that's like, all right, I need to live my life according to those values because I believe those are the most important to me. So first of all, you determine what's most important. Then you need to know where you want to be going. Your personal vision or your organization or business's vision, and what's your specific parts or the actions that are necessary to get there. John Maxwell says, you cannot have a peak performance without a peak purpose. Hey, first of all, I have to have that purpose. And here's what I know about people. You have to change belief before you can change behavior. 
because right? your brain is always trying to like rectify that. It's like, I believe this, but I'm behaving this way. And your brain and body is like, this is not good, right? And unless it's aligned, it's not good. So if you want something to be different in your life, you have to change your mindset, your beliefs toward it. And you really can do that. You can, some, some of the stuff is inborn uh, or from our childhood, but there's a lot of things in life that we do have impact over. If you picture like three concentric circles, right? So the inner circle would be your values and your belief system, your mindset. Then if you go out from there, from that core, then you take actions and you make decisions, right? From, from the, because that's how we behave, is how we believe. And then if you go out from one more rung, rung from that, then it's the impact or the fulfillment you get to experience as a result of those actions and decisions, which is a result of your values and beliefs. Hopefully that makes sense. Wish I could draw that for you on a podcast. People sometimes say like, well, I believe this, but I'm really not doing it. I would say like, really? Uh, because, you know, at the moment of belief, um, that's when these kind of strategies, even like time management strategies will work for you. Then you translate those values and that vision into action items that literally go into your schedule. For, for instance, let's, let me just give you a, a general time management principle. For every minute you spend organizing and planning, you save 10 minutes. Okay, so if you believe what I just said, that if you organize a plan for a minute, you're going to save 10 minutes, then, and you, you'll probably start behaving that way and go like, I got to plan more because it's going to be worth it. The payoff is going to be worth it. If you just sort of shrug and go like, eh, I don't know if I'm into that. You have to show me the research. I'd have to like try it, make it happen. Then it's probably not going to work for you. The belief or the mindset starts with it first. It really requires conscious planning to create those chunks of time that we can devote totally to our priorities. Now I get asked a lot, so out of everything on my to-do list, Paul, how do I determine what to work on first? So another activity you could do is what I call priority ranking. So what you do is you take a piece of paper and you make your to-do list along the left column. Okay, maybe you already have this to-do list made because you, uh, you have all your to-do lists on one uh, notebook or on a legal pad. So then you make three columns next to it. In the first column, you put the word urgent. Second column, you put the word important. And in the third column, you put total. So pretty simple. You can draw this on a napkin, you know, uh, just to practice if you want to do this right now with me. Take your first task, whatever's on that list, and give it a score in urgency from one to 10, 10 being it has to be done today, a one being it's got to get done, but you know, whenever there's no, there's no deadline on this at all. Maybe it's even something you want to do, but nobody else is pressuring you to get it done. So how urgent, how soon must it be done? Then in the next column, you're going to give it a scale of one to 10 of how critical or how important it is, for instance, to making you money or to getting you a good a performance appraisal or to getting you visible to your target audience, right? 10 would be so critical. Like this is the most important thing I can do to get a biggest payoff. A one is like, hmm, I still, I'm not even convinced that I should be doing this, okay? So now you've got a number next to that item on your to-do list. And you're gonna multiply those two numbers together and put it in the total column, okay? So let's say you had uh, manage email as one of your tasks and you've got like a four, and um, a five. 
Okay, urgency and importance, you're going to multiply those together, and you're going to get a 20 over there in the total column. Then you're going to go to your next task, do this again. Uh, the first time is going to take the longest because this is a, a new activity for you. When you're done with your top 10 tasks, you're going to see all these numbers in the total column. Then you're going to re-rank them literally by the highest number. So your hundreds and nineties and eighties, they're going to, they're going to go to the top of the list and your twenties and tens and so forth are going to go to the bottom of the list. And voila, you have now figured out what is most important and urgent for you to tackle on your to-do list. Now, would you do this every time? No, you, you probably don't have time to uh, actually do that activity every single day. I only have had some clients who've done it several days and that was it. Because you start doing it in your mind, you start re-ranking your priorities well in your mind after you've done it a couple times. I should throw on this too that I was reading a book that if there was another axis, you know, like a Z axis, we could add a column for significance rating. Like how long would be the impact of that item on your to-do list? And I was sort of like, whoa, that's cool. Because, you know, satisfaction really comes from contribution right? Uh, perfecting something uh, and definitely from finishing it. So hopefully that little exercise was helpful. Re-rank those by the critical path so you can plug those big rocks into your schedule first. You know, big rocks is that concept that Stephen Covey made famous back in the 80s where he brings a volunteer on stage and he's got three big rocks and he's got some sand and some uh, small pebbles and some water. And he tells the volunteer to put it all in the jar. So, you know, she pours the water in, pours the sand in, pours the pebbles in, tries to get one rock in. Yep, two rocks in barely. And the third rock in will not go all the way in. And she's like, is that good? And he's like, no, it has to be under the lip of the lid. And she's like, well, that's impossible. You obviously just saw me do it. And he's like, think outside the paradigm. He liked to say that. He goes, I'll let you try it again. She's like, oh, good. I could try it again. He goes, this time put the big rocks in first. So she puts in rock number one, rock number two, rock number three is just barely under the lip of the lid. Then she pours in the pebbles and they filter all of the bottom. She pours in the sand and it filters all through the crevices. And then she pours in the water and it fills up all the rest of the available space. And ta-da, it all fits in the jar. And that is his best illustration. I still love it today for how to get everything done in your day. You have to start with the big rocks, the top priorities and get those done first. And then it's gonna probably set off a whole snowball effect of productivity to get all the little tasks done or many of them as well. And what happens when we don't do this? Well, you've experienced this, right? You're just like me. We check off the less important things on our list because the easier tasks, oh, it feels so good to just cross them off the list. It's like, ah. We get that shot of dopamine when we cross off that thing on our list and we feel really good about it. But then we leave work again without our priorities done. And again, you, you go home wondering, what did I do all day? I never stopped moving, but I didn't bring anything to the finish line. But with this kind of intentionality, you're going to rest more at ease on your drive home with a feeling of accomplishment. So what you do is you ask yourself, what would happen if I was prohibited from working more than five hours tomorrow. Well, that would really start to crunch my day. And hopefully that would force me through those restrictions to get my priorities done first. This happens like before vacations, right? You know, vacation's coming and wow, are we productive in that day before vacation? It's amazing how many things that we get done. 
What would you still do to get the job done? How would you use those five hours to become indispensable in a different way? Those should be the tasks that are showing up at the top of your forced ranking. We could do one more activity. Um, again, you could just draw sort of a, a window or four quadrants. Uh, Stephen Covey made this famous as well, quadrant one, two, three, and four. The upper left quadrant is the urgent and important quadrant. And these are the crises uh, in our life, the pressing problems and deadlines and meetings and projects that like you have to have to have to get done first, right? Then quadrant two next to it is the non-urgent but important category. And let's come back to that one. Quadrant three in the lower left is your not important, but it's urgent to somebody else. Those are the interruptions, right? Interruptions from others, unimportant meetings, phone calls, email, mail, other people's minor issues and chit chat, right? It's like not important to me, but it is urgent to somebody else. And oftentimes we have to do those as well. And then quadrant four is the lower right quadrant. And this is not urgent and not important, okay? This is truly the distractions box. Trivia, busy work, uh, your own special time waster, your own special escape activities, irrelevant emails, excessive internet or uh, social media, excessive sleeping, <laughs> you know, all those things that, you know, it's like, yeah, I know I shouldn't be spending a lot of time on that. A lot of people hang out in quadrants three or four, interruptions and distractions. And they spend a lot of their day there and they feel exhausted because they haven't got anything done. But he says, now let's go up to quadrant two. It's not urgent, but it's important. He calls this the goals and planning quadrant. This is preparation, prevention, planning, clarifying your values like we did already today, building relationships, clarifying your priorities, setting goals, sending thank you notes, right? All these things, your own professional development, all these are in, nobody's yelling at you, running into your office today and saying, you've got to professionally develop today, you know, or you've got a goal set today. Nobody's doing that. So we just sort of shove it to the side, but we know that if we give attention to quadrant two tasks, it's going to be way better for us in the long run. And if we forsake quadrant two tasks for too long, they become urgent and important very quickly. So it's a great activity to decide what are the things in my life that go in those various boxes and what percent of my time am I spending in each one of those quadrants? Most people, research keeps coming out of this, that they will rather pursue things that prevent pain than actually go after gain. Okay, we would actually not want to be ripped off or lose out on something or miss an opportunity than actually like, oh, there's an opportunity that I want, I want to run after, okay, or significant things that I need to take initiative on. Most of us just want to not screw up or make mistakes. We're more motivated by that. And of course, advertisers take advantage of us when we do that. But I'm encouraging us to be intentional about living. Remember, something is only urgent if you deem it urgent, right? You, you really have control over whether it's urgent or not. Not yes, you may get fired, so it's gonna have to be urgent. Or yes, you know your health, if you forsake it too long or your marriage, uh, it's gonna crumble. So, um, but you still have a choice of whether to make it urgent or not. So, because what someone, what, what differentiates leaders from followers 
is the amount of time spent forward looking. I'll say that again. What differentiates leaders from followers is the amount of time spent forward looking. And because you're more upward promotable, the more you see ahead and you're a more successful entrepreneur, if you see ahead, tip number two is this. Now we're going to get real practical. Before you leave each day, before you shut off the light on your day today, you're going to look ahead at your schedule for tomorrow and make sure that you know your top three priorities for tomorrow. Your top three. Why three? Why not five, seven, 12 uh, for tomorrow? Well, I think more than three priorities and you have no priorities, right? Because then everything is a priority. And we've already seen that not all tasks are equally important, right? Because we did the priority ranking activity. So, and there's just something about the number three that our brains can hold three things. Like you get sent to the store, it's like, oh, go get eggs, butter, milk. All right, cool, eggs, butter, milk. Oh, then get, get some gum and mints too. And you're like, okay, gum and mints, eggs, butter. Oh, what was the other thing? Uh, you know, and then we, we forget about like that fourth thing. And then, and then we remember, oh yeah, it was milk. But then, then we forget about the gum and mints. So I think there's just three things is something manageable for us. The word priority didn't become plural <laughs> until just like uh, in the 60s. So because priority means top. So priorities doesn't make sense. But of course, we're Americans. Well, if you're listening and you're in our country, uh, United States, uh, where we, we can get more done, right? We can just more, more, more. So we said priorities and we're going to get a lot more done uh, than just one thing. But, you know, really priority means top. So we say to ourselves, if I could only get these three things done tomorrow, what would they be? Or I would be frustrated and annoyed if I didn't get these three things done. Well, let's come back to this one in just a moment. Let's take a quick break. You are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. And you can find out more about me at LinkedIn. On uh, I'm Paul D. Casey there. And on Facebook and Instagram, I'm Growing Forward Services. So we're going to be right back after the break. And we're going to try to give you as many principles as possible for being an effective time manager. Stick around. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back. I'm doing a solo episode today on time management, which we probably should call priority management or energy management. But we are, I'm trying to help everyone listening today to get your priorities done 
most days, right? Some days there's crises happening, uh, but uh, I've started out by just sharing, manage your time around your values and your vision, what's most important to you and where you're headed, rank those priorities, think about the four quadrants and doing quadrant two, not urgent, but important ones because it's gonna make your life a whole lot better. And I was just heading into number two, which is look ahead at your schedule for tomorrow and make sure you know your top three priorities for tomorrow as you're shutting off the light on today. I call this the daily preview, which sometimes is called the daily review and preview because uh, I've come to really enjoy this. I think about the wins that I had in this day. That's the review part. And then I look ahead at tomorrow and say, what are the top three priorities I want to get done tomorrow? Hiram Smith said, if there's anything I could get you to do, it would be to spend 10 to 15 minutes each day planning your day. If I could get you to do that, you'd not only scare yourself, you'd intimidate everybody on your block. <laughs> he said that many years ago. So what I do is I color code them in my calendar. So they're going to jump out at me as I look at my calendar. Some people go old school. They write them on a three by five card or a post-it where they're going to see it most often. If you're in sales, maybe it's on your dashboard, maybe it's on your mirror, maybe it's on your computer monitor or your refrigerator, okay? Wherever you're going to see it a lot, you want to have those three priorities. Why is it so important to scope out tomorrow while you're in today? Well, I think there's peace of mind going home that you know the plan for tomorrow. And there's peace of mind tomorrow when you start your day knowing what your top three priorities are. If you further want to cement these as most important, Share them with, uh, if you've got an assistant or a colleague or a family member, just for added accountability and to model it for them because you never know, that might that habit may pick up in your office, right? People might be like, I want to do that too. Have a stand-up meeting. Some people have this uh, stand-up meeting first thing in the morning where they all get together and they huddle up and they say, what are your big three priorities? What are yours? What are yours? Ready, break. And then off they go. And what's really cool about that, saying it with other people, is they can help each other out and say, oh, I know something you could do to get success in that area, or I know who you could talk to. And the team starts helping each other be successful. And at the least, maybe someone at one o'clock in the afternoon says, hey, how are you doing on your big three? And you're like, ah, oh, haven't started them yet. Hey, there's still time, right? And there's some kind of loose accountability that goes with that. Also, speaking of looking ahead, before you close out a week, once you get good with the daily preview, you start scheduling in a weekly preview, you know, usually Friday-ish, where you look ahead at next week to see if your big rock priorities are sprinkled throughout the week. Uh, if you're giving yourself some margin for interruptions, right? Some days just seem undoable when you look at your calendar. Well, if you're looking ahead at next week, you might be able to make some adjustments, move some to-do items around on certain days. Maybe you're double booked for a meeting and you can get out of one still. Uh, we all need some margin. Like I've been operating without margin for uh, the last month and this month trying to get back on track because margin is that cushion time between your priorities. It's that buffer to absorb the unexpected that's coming at you each day. Because you know, as much as we do all these activities that I'm telling you today, life doesn't behave according to our terms right? We're working with people and people interrupt us. People have needs. And oftentimes we can't uh, live in this little bubble and just be in complete control of our calendar. So we need this margin to absorb that. So at the end of your day, you're either preparing or you're repairing, right? You're preparing for the next day or you're just like 
uh, huffing and puffing like I just barely survived this day yet again and, and survived it. So we're first of all going to determine what's most important. And then we're going to determine our top three priorities for tomorrow. All right, number three, get your priorities done near the beginning of your day. Okay, so you know what your three are already. So you've got to think about where am I going to get those things done? And I'm going to encourage you to push for the, the beginning of the day. Now, for a lot of people, between 10 and 12 o'clock is typically the most creative time of the day. For most people, they call that prime time, right? Prime time is your concentrate, create, and think time. Some people, it's earlier than that. Some people, uh, it's later than that, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. But you need prime time. You need grind time. Grind time is your administration, your communications, your reviews. Okay, that's got to be somewhere in your day because that's just life. And then you need unwind time, which is your relaxation, your get away from work stuff, your personal priorities. So prime time, grind time, and unwind time. And these really need to be distinctive because if we task switch between those, we're really not getting the benefit of any of them. Here's why I say to get your priorities done at the beginning of the day. Afternoons become runaway trains. Afternoons become runaway trains, right? We all have the capability in our electronic calendars to drag a task into the afternoon. Well, then what happens? In the afternoon, a client says, I need this by close of business today. Or your boss comes in and says, I need you on this now. Or your child calls from school and says, dad, I need you to pick me up. I'm sick. And you're like, oh, no, well, now I've run out of time. There's time. There's no time box left to get my priorities done. Why? Because I dragged it down to later in the day and then it became runaway train. You know, we all have to just face the fact that we're procrastinators. Can I just lower the bar for us all, right? I've written a book on time management called Maximizing Every Minute and I procrastinate, right? So we all procrastinate. We can go to a procrastinating anonymous class and say, hi, I'm Paul and I'm a procrastinator and everybody could say, hi, Paul, right? So, so I'm just lowering the, the bar on this. In fact, I think it was uh, Brian Tracy, he passed out these little circles that said the word to it on it, to it, right? And so he said, eventually you're all gonna get around to it. Uh, get it, it's round and it says to it on it, yeah. And, okay, that wasn't funny, but the, the deal here is procrastination, right? Uh, Brian Tracy wrote the book called Eat That Frog, which is a concept from Mark Twain many years before, where he says, if you have to eat a raw frog today, which would be disgusting, wouldn't it be better to eat it first thing in the morning and get it over with than dreading eating the raw frog all day long? And the concept of this is the best way to be procrastination is to get her done as early as you can in your day and as far away from the deadline as possible. And some offices, uh, cultures have adopted this. Have you eaten your frog today? Right? Have you gotten your big, hairy, difficult phone call over with? You know, have you written that proposal first thing in the morning? You did whatever that thing is you dread, get it done early as possible. If you hate the dentist, you know, get the 7.30 a.m. appointment, not the 5.30 p.m. appointment. And then just get a chunk of it started, especially those distasteful tasks. Here's another uh, illustration of this. Uh, I heard on the plains of Wyoming and Colorado that cows, when they see a storm come over the mountain, they start running away from it not very fast, they're cows, uh, but they start trotting away from the storm. And so the storm stays with them longer. But buffalo, however, they run toward the storm to get it over with. 
to reduce the impact on them. Isn't that smart? They're just like, Wah! you know, sort of grit their teeth and go into the storm and it's like, oh, it's awful. And then it's done, right? Where the storm is following the cows longer and longer. So if you get nothing from my podcast episode today, it's be a buffalo, not a cow. Okay, just kidding. The key is to just start, make an outline, get something on paper, schedule one thing, just a 15 minute mini session on something to get it going. When you stare at the blank screen of death or you know the blank piece of paper, um, or you just have your priorities cluttering your brain without getting it started, it just makes it so difficult to get going and it increases resistance. So what you're hearing from me is the first hour and the last hour of the day are sacred, right? The last hour of the day is for your daily preview. Make a recurring appointment with this, yourself every day, your last 30 minutes, and then you're going to plan tomorrow. And then the first hour of the day is sacred because you're going to go after those top three priorities right away. So then stick those mindless tasks in the afternoon or communications, stuff that doesn't need a lot of brain power. Yes, it still needs brain power, but not a lot. Not as much creativity and critical thinking. If you have trouble getting out of bed, move your alarm clock across the room to wake you up in the morning, right? To get going. Because some of us are not morning people. If you get sucked into social media wanderings and you catch yourself, set a timer, like literally an egg timer or a timer on your phone to make a big loud noise to snap you out of it. You find it hard to get started on your three things, even though you know what they are. Then during your daily preview, just set out the folders and supplies that you need the afternoon before so that when you sit down at your desk, there's nothing on your desk except your big three. All right, let's move on to number four. Make appointments with yourself. Okay, this is a game. This was a game changer for me. This is why I currently do not use a to-do list, right? I found that a to-do list to me was an I want, I don't want to do list, right? I looked at it, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then I would pick the easy thing that I could do, get a quick win on and cross it off. But the big priorities just sat there. So when I started making appointments with myself, otherwise known as time blocking, my productivity went through the roof. So you're gonna take every task and make it into an appointment as if it were a meeting with another person. Why is this effective? Well, you never, you would never blow off uh, an appointment with another person, right? It'd be like, uh, Mr. Casey, uh, one of your potential clients is here and be like, <laughs> I'm not gonna meet with them. You know, we would never do that or stand a friend up in a coffee shop right? Or someone meeting you at your house for jogging in the morning, and we're just like sleeping and let them suffer out there in the cold. No, we would never do that. We've got sort of that peer pressure that help that makes us, you know, keep our appointments. We want to be reliable people. But why then do we disrespect ourselves and not honor ourselves to get our to-do list done? So by making an appointment with yourself, you're raising the bar and saying, this is an appointment with me and I respect myself enough to get this done in this designated time. So what you do is you think about the task and think about how long is this gonna take to do this? And I'm gonna say overestimate, then you're gonna find the next block of time on your calendar. And if it's one of those priorities, you know it's gonna be a morning block of time and you're gonna stick it in there. Then I try to gamify it. So if I think a task is gonna take uh, an hour and a half, I'm gonna try to get it done sooner than an hour and a half because then I've just found time. Okay, not really, but it feels like it. It's like getting let out of a meeting early, right? It's like, whoo, who let the dogs out? You know, what am I gonna do with my time now? Uh, because it's 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 unscheduled. 
Maybe I can chit chat with someone or check another email or use the restroom for crying out loud. Yeah, so try to try to get it done sooner than the block is. Now, the more successful you are at staying on your priorities, the more detailed you must plug them into your schedule. Let me say that again. The more unsuccessful right now you are at staying on your priorities, the more detailed you must plug them into your schedule. I literally block out everything. I know I'm a little OCD, but this allows me to hit all my priorities every week. I block out email time, professional reading time, filing time. Yes, I know it's, it's only 30 minutes a week, okay? But you know, if you don't file regularly, it, it really turns into a huge stack. Planning time, meeting preparation time, date nights with my wife, uh, exercise at the gym. And that actually moves around for me based on my schedule. Since I'm an entrepreneur and sometimes clients see me at various hours. So I make sure I get it in every day, but it's not always at the same time. So I block out everything. If you looked at my schedule, you might get a little nauseous, but you know, there's personal stuff in there too. And the more margin I have that, that allows that to happen. They say, don't let the blocks uh, on your calendar touch each other. <laughs> right? Uh, because that means you don't have any margin on your day. And that wouldn't be good either. So don't go completely off the deep end uh, on this. But if you're not blocking stuff now, I'd say give it a try. Then if emergencies push it off your calendar, get your priorities back on your calendar right away, like make a new block. I literally put the word catch up, not like ketchup and mustard, but catch up. If I get one of those things that pulls me off and I didn't, wasn't able to honor that time block. So that means I've got to lasso that task and get it back on my calendar or it falls off because out of sight is out of mind. And like I said, you can get obsessive with this. Don't, you know, spend, spend only 20% of your time making plans and 80% actually doing the stuff. So if you're a productivity uh, junkie like me, we could get really trapped into this, but you're just trying to make this helpful for yourself so you can get more done. All right, let's go with number five. Go with your biorhythms. Go with your biorhythms. How many of you are morning people? How many are evening night owls? Any afternoon people like me? I like a good one o'clock meeting. Woohoo! Everybody else is taking a nap, right? How many of you are never people, right? You're never on your game. No, just kidding. But you want to think to yourself, what times of the day are you most productive? When you figure that out, put the tasks in that block that require creativity or deep thought. They say 55% of people are morning people, and it really does tend to be the best time of day to get things done because the cumulative stress of the day will start to overtake you. You've heard of decision fatigue before, right? You made all these decisions today, and then you go home and, you know, people you live with say, what do you want for dinner? And you're like, I don't care. <laughs> or you want to go on vacation? I don't care. You're just like, I cannot make another decision today. So if you can get ahead of it, that's why I say do your priorities at the beginning of the day because you'll get to decision fatigue. But doing tasks in your sweetest spot, energy-wise, feels like you're doubling your output. So you can track this, you can make a little schedule on a spreadsheet of how you feel at different times of the day and do that for a couple of weeks. That would be a real uh, analog way of figuring that out. There are chronotype uh, quizzes uh, called, you know, when, uh, there's a couple of books that came out on when, uh, the power of when uh, in your day. So different people's sleep uh, styles actually impact when their prime times are in their day. So you could do that, but you could go real analog and evaluate this. 
Two other notes on this biorhythm thing is take a break at the 90 minute mark of a concentrated focus on a project or in a meeting. Take a walk or stretch because you have to renew and put fuel back in your tank before you return to it. This is called our ultradian rhythms. At 90 minutes, our energy naturally dips. And especially in the afternoon, it will dip. So think about that if you schedule any meetings that are two hours long or any tasks that are blocked for that long, you're gonna to need to take a break at some point or else you're gonna re reach the point of diminishing returns. Another tip on this is have a hard stop in your day. Like literally at the beginning of the day, decide when you're gonna go home or when you're gonna stop working if in your home office. And sometimes we have to like call an audible and decide like right now I'm, I'm done. Like <laughs> I have reached the point of diminishing returns. Things are just gonna take longer and time will be wasted if I try to just push through and bang this out for another hour or two. Just be done, give yourself that permission to be done. Number six is do one thing at a time. Do one thing at a time, especially during prime time. You do not wanna be task switching. You must avoid the squirrel mentality. If you have a little bit of ADD, you know what I'm talking about. You're chasing shiny things and squirrels and you're never really closing the loop on anything. You know you struggle with this if you've got like 25 tabs open on your computer right now, right? 20, and by the way, it goes really small, you know, and you start getting just a little dot. And, and I learned from one client that if you have too many tabs, it starts going vertical. Did you know that? Too many tabs, like if all the horizontal space is taken, it goes vertical. Yeah, he had an issue with that. Because he kept saying like, well, I'm going to get back to that. Or that's a reminder for me to close that loop. And then the computer reboots and you want to scream like, ah, I didn't bookmark that. So a lot of us have a trouble with this thing called uh, multitasking. And people fail because of broken focus. Broken focus. So complete one task before moving on to another. I know it sounds so simple, but we don't do this. The ancient proverb is if you chase two rabbits, you will catch neither right? So you're, you're just you're just completely divided in your attention. Multitasking is overrated. Now, I'm not talking about being a leader, an entrepreneur, and keeping a lot of things on your radar screen, right? You, you have to do that as a leader or business owner. What I am talking about is trying to do two things at once. Only 2% of the population is good, is good at this. Now, you may be in that 2%, but the odds would say you're not. Your brain can't focus on two things at once. And if I were hiring you to be on my team, I would not hire a multitasker. I would hire a focuser. <laughs> I want someone that's going to bring it to the finish line. It takes 25 to 40% longer to get a job done when you're simultaneously trying to work on something else. Wow, that's, that's really bad odds, right? Uh, so we might as well just do that one thing. One definition of multitasking is messing up two things at once. Okay, hopefully that will convince you if nothing else will. We compromise quality when we divert our attention. Have you ever left a whole line off of an email or didn't put the attachment in? I know we've all done this, right? And you get the email back like attachment and you're like, ah, I was already moving on to the next thing. My brain was already in the next thing before I finished this thing. Or you're messed up in order, you know, because you got interrupted during that moment and um, you didn't order what you wanted to order. It really slams on the brakes when you're trying to get momentum. 
Multitasking also has been proven to release significant amounts of stress hormones that negatively impact your health and your memory, says the University of Michigan study. Wow, if you're already struggling with health and memory issues, we don't need to add anything to that, right? By multitasking. So instead, reward yourself for staying on task and then do filler tasks in between your three priorities as a mental break. Okay, we all have these filler tasks like, you know, shoot a quick email to this or order this or, you know, file this piece of paper. Those are filler tasks. They only take, you know, a minute or two. Reward yourself by doing those later. Don't keep trying to do them all day long when you're also trying to get done your priorities. Number seven, delegate what only you cannot do. Okay, there are certain things and that only you and your job can do. There, you, your team can handle a lot of other things, but there's certain things that only you can do, but it is not necessary for you to do everything yourself. You have been hired, you have been promoted, or you've chosen to start your own business because you have specific skills. And that's why you make the bigger bucks. I'll put that in quotes, right? The bigger bucks. You cannot give up vision casting. You cannot give up performance appraisals. If those are one of your key responsibilities in your job description. And hopefully you have a job description if you're in an organization and it's current and you know what your duties and responsibilities are. Uh, as an entrepreneur, those get a little fuzzy. You almost have to do, you feel like you have to do everything, but we get on the tarmac too often when the company or the business needs us to be at 30,000 feet setting the course. Nobody else is going to do that without that vision you know, the ancient proverb says the people perish, the people run amok without vision. So we catch ourselves on the tarmac and we're weeding, you know, we're fixing our office chair when we could be doing uh, vision and bigger picture things that are going to lead to uh, more profit for our company ourselves. So we should start bringing people aboard our teams that have different talent mixes than us because we don't want clones of us. Right? We want people that could do the things that we cannot or do them better than we can, whether that's hiring someone, whether it's hiring subcontractors, outsourcing, I mean, to them. Uh, I outsource the mowing of my lawn. I outsource my bookkeeping. I outsource my graphic design. These are not things I'm good at. I mean, I could learn to do them, but boy, I'd be sloshing and I'd be like miserable and I wouldn't be doing the fun parts of my job. And so I've got to outsource those. And I know you're, might, you're probably thinking to yourself, like, it won't be done with as much quality as I can do it, right? Or but I, I know it's going to be faster if I just bang this out. I get it. But you've got to then spend a little bit more time empowering people to do it the way that it needs to be done and then let it go. Let them get to that same outcome the way that they're going to do it. One of your primary tasks had better be equipping those on your team. This will compound your productivity in the long run. It's really multiplication, not simply addition. Maxwell says in the law of the inner circle that those closest to the leader will determine the success of that leader. So you could think to yourself, what are five things I shouldn't have spent time on in the last three workdays? You probably could come up with five. If so, it's like, man, I've got to delegate those. Pick one or two right now. And then throughout the day, train yourself to ask, am I the right person to be doing this task right now? Okay, so a quick summary. I'll work backwards. So it was to delegate what only you cannot do. Do one thing at a time. Uh, we talked about going with your biorhythms. 
uh, your sweet spot in the day. We talked about uh, making appointments with yourself, time blocking, getting your priorities done near the beginning of your day, um, doing your daily preview, picking your top three priorities for tomorrow while you're still in today, and then managing your values by, or managing your day by your values and your vision. So hopefully one of those was uh, a good start for you to try. Each of these are habits that take time to implement. And then when you get successful, you add on a new one. So the Growing Forward Today podcast is all about putting the practical tips into action uh, for your personal leadership development. And remember, if you learn something and you don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. So a couple of free tools I want to send to you. You can text. Uh, I'll have these principles that I shared with you today. It's in a document called Control My Calendar Checklist. Control My Calendar Checklist. You just open a text to 72000 and type the word growing. So growing to 72000. And I'll send you my Control My Calendar Checklist, which is a reminder of our principles today. Also, if you'd like my one sheet on goal setting to greatness, because you know time and goals go together, you can email me at growingforward at paulcasey.org, growingforward at paulcasey.org. So let's set some ambitious goals and let's manage our time well in the second half of the year. Thanks for episode, listening to episode 29. And please spread the word to others who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. Until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel. 